You see that guy right there? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I wouldn't want to have to try and block him. But I digress. And I'm going to let Teddy introduce our guest. Today's guest is known for his incredible blocking in the National Football League. A man hailing from Brooklyn, New York. He has played for the San Francisco 49ers for 12 years. This gentleman is not only a former NFL uh, Pro Bowler, but also a three-time first-team All-Pro. From the University of California, Los Angeles, go Bruins. Give it up for Mr. Randall Cross. (laughs) How you doing, guys? Good to be on. uh, Don't don't short me that extra year. I was 13 years, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, come on, Teddy. Do you know how oh, much you an know, NFL Teddy, season Teddy, Hey, Teddy, on? it's it's all that stuff. You you read 76 through 88, but you got to count the first one and the last one. That's 13. There you go. There we go. You can't shortchange <laughs> him. But, Randy, <laughs> first off, how's your Saturday going? How's everything with your family? It's good barbecue weather, right? Yeah, it is. It, it is. Actually, if you check out my Instagram and my Twitter, I've got uh, – I've got a like knitted uh, pork belly bread thing hmm. going on on my uh, smoker right now for the last few hours. If you, if you check out the pictures, you'll you'll know what I'm uh, talking about. It's it's going to be pretty epic. Oh, I love that. And, and Randy, we're going to talk about barbecuing at some point, but we want to talk about Randy Cross, the man himself. And let's get in the time machine and go back and start with the early years. So you're born in New York, and by the time you're in high school. You're on the other side of the ta- of the country attending Crespi Carmelite High School in California. Wow, I like that name. Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Crespi Carmelite. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot. There's there's Carmelite high schools and schools all over the country. Mm-hmm. A few in LA and Chicago, all, all sorts of places. Okay, so I think that people need to know that you're a three-time high school shot put champion, and not only that, but you defeated world record holder Terry Albritton and future WWF wrestling star Jim Neidhart in the process. Your record for the 12-pound high school shot put is still a school and stadium record. So we need to give yeah. we need to give you kudos <laughs> for stuff before your NFL career. Yeah, I mean, the wild thing about my shot putting um, is I didn't lift weights until probably my second year in the pros in the NFL. Really? I never touched weights in high school. I never, it was simple. I, I, every time I lifted, I got really, really sore and I didn't like being really, really <laughs> sore. So I figured out if you don't lift, you won't get really, really sore. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. I can't, I, I was me using my kidneys. Um, yeah, but I, I, we were so crazy. I had a, a shot put coach by the name of Harry Welch, who was also a pretty legendary high school football coach, but um, our athletic director, Bill Leeds, was just a complete maniac for technique. And you, you had to do everything perfect. And there was a certain way to do it. And we drilled and drilled and drilled. So a lot of my success, besides you know being born with an ability I probably had no idea I had until I was about 15, 16 years old, um, was that drilling and drilling in the form. Because the furthest I ever threw a, a 12 pound with a big time foul was almost 70 feet. Wow. And my senior year, I threw the 16 pound 60 feet. Wow. So, so yeah, but, but point of reference, Terry Albritton, I, I, I think my, 
my throw in the state meet was 67-2. Um, and Terry was just behind me. And two years later, Terry threw the 16-pound shot 72-something. I mean, he was, you know. Like a beast. <laughs> he was. He was. A, I mean, senior in high school, I think Terry was like 6'5", 275. So, and he was strong. So it's a. Uh, I'm pretty proud of the, that that sort of aspect. It's it's always fun because whenever my school does get somebody that's pretty good, they always find a way to kind of reach out and, hey, so and so's you know he's at 57 feet as a sophomore. He's gonna come and get you. Like hey, it can't last forever. So I guess somebody's gonna get it. But go for it. So Randy, I have to ask, why did you attend school on the other side of the country? Well, my dad was an actor. So back in the dark ages, also known as the 50s, um, the TV business was in New York. It wasn't in L.A. Uh, movies, but TV was a spinoff, basically, of radio. So it was in studios in, 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 Los An in New York. And about 58 or so, it started really become much more prevalent in Los Angeles. So my family moved to LA in about 58, uh, us and the Dodgers about the same time. Um, and that's how I, that's how I ended up in LA. And then I was in public school, uh, for part of my, part of my career. I mean, I had went to one Catholic school when we were in a city called Pacoima, but then we moved over to Tarzana. I went to public school, um, went to go to Crespi. And my dad's idea, really, because he told me I was going to do it. It was a Catholic all-boys high school. So I, I don't know where you guys went to school, but it was a pretty severe cultural shift to go from public school in L.A. to a Catholic all-boys school. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want any part, any part of it, but it's probably, you know, thank, thank God for my dad. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to me for, for a lot of reasons and a lot of the people I was associated with. Yeah, and I mean, Randy... You move to L.A. and your next step for football, you go to UCLA. And I want to say you must be open minded because you began your career as a center. You moved to right guard your junior year before playing guard and center as a senior. You're on a rotating nine man offensive line. You also kept the diversity of sports going as you played collegiate rugby, which I've seen a lot of football guys do. I mean, you're just you're, you're playing the brutal sports and. You know, rightfully so, you're inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2010. So you must have been doing some things right. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, uh, excuse me, it was, uh, it was a pretty cool time to be at UCLA. Uh, the rugby was fun. The football, I had two head football coaches, Pepper Rogers for two years and Dick Vermeil for two years. Um, my offensive line coach for all four years was Terry Donahue, which was another. I mean, I had a theme in my career of UCLA guys. All my high school coaches played with Terry Donahue on the 66 Rose Bowl team at UCLA. Um, and then later on, when I got to San Francisco, after Owen Walsh got there in 79, he hired Bob McKittrick, mm -hmm. who was a former UCLA offensive line coach who coached the Chargers and the Rams and was Tommy Protho's coach, you know, up at Oregon State. So it was all my career was a series of UCLA guys. So, Randy, it seems like UCLA runs in your life, also runs in your blood, as you know, you were inducted into this prestigious group. What were your feelings and emotions when you found out you were inducted to the College Hall of Fame? Uh, I was pretty excited. I, I, 
honestly, it's a very unique way of finding out. Uh, unless you're, you know, you've got a little CIA and you, <laughs> it's hard to find out where you are in the process. So, and I hadn't really given it much thought. Um, but, you know, Der- Terry Donahue and Pepper Rogers and a couple of my coaches have been very diligent about, you know, putting me up. And I got a box in the mail. <laughs> and I opened the box and I opened it up and it was shrink wrapped. And I took the shrink wrapped off and it was, an, it was a painted football from the national football foundation that said congratulations to randy cross college football hall of fame class of 2010 uh ucla blah 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 and i was like that's really cool which one of my stupid friends has got a really sick sense of humor (laughs) i love that's where your vibe first went a couple of a couple of hours later i actually got a phone call from somebody from the foundation uh, making sure I'd gotten the ball and that I knew what was going on. But yeah, no, I was, I was really excited. You know, I was, uh, had a great group of guys. Um, like you said, that rotating offensive line was very, very unique. There were nine guys. So on the first five, I played right guard on the second five, I played center. And, uh, I've never seen that on too many other teams before or since then. It's uh, it, it's pretty unusual, but we just wore people down. We ran the Houston Veer. We had run the wishbone. So um, it was a run, run, run. And if you can't run, just run it again. Kind of an offense. So, I mean, look, you, you're decorated in UCLA, and it's only fitting you stay in California for your entire career. Is you're selected in the second round of the 1976 draft by the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I don't assume people drank on draft night slash day, but if you did, what did you drink? <laughs> um, you know, I actually remember I was on the West Coast. So when that draft got going, um, I, I was kind of hard to I was kind of hard to find. Uh, but I was sitting in the kitchen at my parents' house waiting for the phone to ring. That's how I spent, you know, the better part of the draft day. I uh, got a phone call about pick 24 in the first round, Cleveland. Called me, said they were going to make me their uh, their number one pick. Um, Lies, like an, like an idiot, <laughs> like an idiot. Um, my first comment was Cleveland, like Ohio. It, it snows there, doesn't it? Snow is not big for on an LA kid's uh, radar. Um, but yeah, so the, needless to say, they didn't draft me. They draft Mike Pruitt, a fullback out of Purdue, played for him for a good while. Um, but you know, San Francisco did and. You know, I was lucky. I got to go to a, a team that was being coached by a guy named Monty Clark, <clears throat> who was a legendary O-line coach for the Miami Dolphins, the perfect team, and all those Super Bowl teams. It was uh, it was very fortuitous. But, you know, between 76 and Monty Clark and Bill Walsh in 79, not a whole long time. Um, Bill Walsh was my fifth head coach. Really? So people talk about change and how all this impatience in football and, oh, it's a, it's a product of all the money. No, you know, when we weren't making stink, they were still impatient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's funny because you didn't go a lot of change of your career, the 13 seasons and Teddy, he played 13. So I want you to remember that. Um, it's pretty decorated. Three pro bowl selections, three first team, all pro selections, three super bowls. I mean, you must love that number three. Most importantly, six fumble recoveries, okay? Or help keeping the ball on the offense. But, Randy, I have to ask, like, 
you know, some some organizations don't have any Super Bowls in their career. Some players have played for a while. Maybe they have one Super Bowl, two Super. I mean, you're you're fortunate to have three. At what point does kind of excellence or that Super Bowl standard like? are you able to really achieve it? Like it just to keep going and to constantly hit that highest benchmark. Well, not like it was <clears throat> not like it was my whole career. I mean, eight, uh, 76, we were eight and six, 77, we were five and nine, both in 78 and 79. We were two and 14, 80. We were six and 10. Um, you throw out another year, 82 during the first strike, we were six, three and six. So, you know, suddenly you're looking at seven of the seven of my 13 were below 500 kind of years or actually we're not going to talk about that. that. No, but happen. I'm just saying <laughs> the standard set started in 81. We pathetically missed our standard on 82 because um, we had way too much fun as a group. Um, but since then or, or after that, from 82 on, the standard was, it was kind of, people say Super Bowl or bust all the time. You know, that's mm -hmm. our goal. But some people say it. Uh, it's another thing to kind of live it. And it can be dangerous because that can kind of eat people up. You know, people forget Bill Walsh only coached 10 years in the NFL as a head coach. And, you know, three of those years were not very good. Um, so that, that sort of, meat grinder thing where that's always the standard. Um, but he was very honest with us. He'd tell us right up front, you know, every year, beginning of the year, he goes anywhere from 12 to 20 of you won't be here when we play our first regular season game. He says, we have to get rid of people. We have to improve. If you're good enough to stay, you're good enough to stay, but trust us, we're going to be better. Um, and everybody's goal was pretty much the same thing. And I mean, it's one thing for players and coaches to be like that, but you know, I think one thing that separated Bill and Eddie DeBartolo was it was everybody from the guy that put mail in the mail slots or cleaned the trash cans or swept up the weight rooms or you know designed the game plans or drafted the people. Um, that they knew what the goal was. They knew what the standard was, and that was you know that's something. They, it, it wasn't easy to maintain, but between you know, 81 in the early 2000s, that standard sort of set the standard for the rest of the league. So I like it. The equipment person is as equal to that Super Bowl run success as the players itself. That's Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and not enough people really realize that and make <laughs> their people, make their employees, make the people in the organization feel like that. That should, if you're a general manager, you're an owner, that should be your goal that every single person buys in. I love that. I love that. And and Randy, obviously each position group is going to spend time with each other, film, practice, et cetera. But it seems like the offensive line is a very close brotherhood with each other and even the quarterback. And I'm thinking even as recent as the Steelers from a few years ago, their O-line of Ramon Foster, Pouncey, David DeCastro, Alejandro Villanueva were most of the vets on that team. So the relationship in the brotherhood, is this true? And what would you say kind of the camaraderie of the group is? Well, it's absolutely true. Um, and when Bill Walsh got to San Francisco in 79, one of the things that right, everyone talks about drafting uh, that defensive backfield in, in, in 81. 
you know, Ronnie and Eric Wright and Carlton Williamson and signing Dwight Hicks. And that was huge for us and trading for Fred Dean and whatnot. But when he got there, uh, um, Keith Fonhorse was there. I was there. Fred Quillen was there. and John Ayers was there. And those four, those four guys, the four of us, we were together for till 86. So, you know, in relatively speaking, it was a pretty good run. And that's one thing they didn't have to worry about. Now, granted, there was no free agency back then. So mm-hmm. none of us money grubbers could, you know, <laughs> try to get that extra buck and go somewhere else. But uh, I, I think it was one of the kind of un, untold or underappreciated aspects of building that legacy was the fact that, you know, he didn't have to deal with an offensive line. And fans all over the league right now have come to really appreciate how, infor- how important offensive lines are. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, you even see some of them. Trent Williams is earning the big bucks now. But Randy, your playing career is just one aspect of the life of Randy Cross because you stayed in the entertainment industry. So after you retired and after the 88 season, you were a member of CBS Sports covering the NFC playoffs, Super Bowl 26. From there, you joined NBC Sports as a football analyst and part-time analyst for Notre Dame football. So, I mean, you're just really doing it all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky. Uh, my first five years at CBS was, was fantastic. Um, NFL was kind of a different place. John Madden was the big dog there. Uh, and when he went to Fox, CBS guy was no longer in the NFL business, which I don't know how many of this current generation would really know and or appreciate that. But when Fox, Fox got, got it, it, then NBC became or, or kept the AFC. Fox got the NFC. And then NBC lost the AFC. CBS got that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting career path when I look at the fact that you know, I played 13 years in the NFL and now I'm going on 34 years um, of TV and media because I've also done a good bit of radio and other stuff like that. So, Randy, I have two questions in this. <clears throat> was this inspired that your dad was in the TV kind of thing? And then second – was there a specific reason you picked to be an analyst for Notre Dame? Um, well, I'll start with the Notre Dame thing. Uh, NBC asked me to, Dick en- Dick Ebersole. Um, So I did. There was always uh, half a dozen Notre Dame games, home games. So every year they'd, they'd play SC or, you know, some other big dog. Um, but it was, it was a hell of a, a fun assignment. Um, you usually double-dipped those weekends, which you see all the time now. I didn't see it that much back then, but you do the Notre Dame on Saturday, then have an NFL game somewhere within that kind of sphere geographically where you can get to the game that night and then do the NFL game the next day, which can be really challenging. <laughs> um, but because the college rosters are like 10 times the length of your arm, they seem like at times, where the NFL, they've got – X number of guys active every week. And you know who those players are going to be. College, they could pull, you know, there's three guys wearing the same number. And there's, t- you know, 10 guy- ten of those guys, there's three of them wearing the same number. It's, it's nuts. It's really nuts. But it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. The, the broadcast business was kind of inspired by my dad, who early in my UCLA career, um, I just had a knack of answering questions at times. 
and started getting a lot of attention from the media standpoint. And he emphasized to me how important being part of the media or getting involved with the media or learning how to talk to the media was. So, I mean, when I was playing, I had my own radio and TV shows. And during the original USFL, which is getting kicked off again here this weekend, um, I was, was the analyst for the Oakland Invaders games Ooh. on local TV. Back then, every, every local market had to have their own TV package. They had to have a channel that carried their own games. You could have the national contracts, which I think it was ABC, but you had to have a local contract. And the local contract was with uh, KTVU, which is channel two in the Bay Area. So me and Barry Topkins did the Oakland Invaders games, which when you're still playing was very, very cool. And it was a huge advantage, you know, a few years later when I, when I actually got out because I'd, I'd done football. And, and the football I was doing it with, I was go doing was with, you know, some high quality, you know, network level type talent, both behind the camera and in front of the camera. So it made my transition a lot easier. Yeah. And you talked about some of the uh, other ventures that you're doing, uh, Sirius NFL Radio, Patriots pregame, WG, WZGC. You're also in the podcast game. So that technically makes us competitors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've started doing various. I, I've changed the name a time or two. It's currently now the Randy Cross Podcast. That's straight to the point. It, I figured I'd make it easier for people to remember. Um, but you know, I it's it's fun. I and it's easier to just I put it at my website, randycross.com. Instead of having to worry about this and this and this and this and Instagram and Twitter, and they're all linked. It's all there. But yeah, it's been five or six years. And the best thing about it is for me is it's, it's not just football. It's not just sports. I do a lot of different kind of subjects and you know, that appeals to my sort of ADD mind. <laughs> so Randy, I, I want to transition more thing um so because one of the things we've seen over the years is how players bodies change after their playing careers over so former offensive linemen including the cardwick joe thomas damian woody have documented how they've changed their diet from 5,000 calorie lunch eating yeah. every two hours because their job depends on it eating in excess etc how is your journey with food post-playing it's not bad i mean at one point i got up to about 310 pounds I uh, retired. I was 290. Uh, and then I went on a stupid regimen. Um, well, I did like 45 minutes twice a day on the Stairmaster. I quit drinking all alcohol. I was cutting out carbs. And I went from 310 to two and a quarter. Um, yeah. But I'm currently now about 250. And my food, you know, like I said, look at my Instagram feed. And look at my look at my Twitter feed. I'm I'm not shy about food <laughs> and eating. He's got the green shirt on. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Love I mean, it. it's Easter weekend. That, it's the right colors. Plus, you, it's kind of an Aloha attitude, which I also like. I can't believe that Teddy didn't plug call, plug you as the grill master in his uh in his intro. I should have done that. But uh, <laughs> so Randy, we like to get our guests out of here with a little triple play rapid fire, some this or that questions. They're not all football related. You game? You got it. 
All right. So before we do that, we do have to plug our sponsor. So the Triple Play Fantasy Podcast is sponsored by Odds Jam. So use our referral code Triple Play for a free week trial. So what Odds Jam is going to do is it's going to give you the best lines to win. So let's say the Seahawks were playing the 49ers. The Seahawks are underdogs at plus 140. And you're feeling like, hey, I want to be stupid and bet them. But MGM will give you plus 160. They're going to maximize your winnings. But never bet the Seahawks over the 49ers because the 49ers are better. And that's my one Seahawks jab. But, Randy, as I did mention, we have some rapid fire. So I'm telling you, you haven't been asked some of these. I'm sure that's possible. Okay. What's a better feeling, a pancake block or going a whole game without giving up a sack? Uh... I would say you'd be prouder of the game without a sack, of which I had a lot. Um, but the pancake block as an offensive lineman, that's, you know, that, that's, that's, that's what goes that's, on the highlight film. Yeah. I mean, that's OL porn. <laughs> can we, can we trade that? Trademark that hashtag OL porn. <laughs> OL porn. All right. Would you rather wear a cape or an eye patch for a month? Uh, oh, easy. Easy. Eye patch. Really? Eye patch. I, I never played for the Raiders, but why not look like one? I like Ooh. that. You're, you're giving some good answers so far. Would you rather owe someone money or owe them a favor? Um, I'd go with money. Okay. Money, money, money. There's no ethics involved in owing money. There's just a dollar amount. The favor side, that can get a little sticky. I'm with you on that. <laughs> so, Randy, this is an important one. Rank these three in order. Brisket, ribs, and burgers. Um, for me, I would go uh, the order you gave them in. Brisket, brisket, ribs, then burgers. So I, I did go to your Instagram, and you grill yeah. a lot of brisket. But really, that's number one over ribs? It's the, be- it's the best tasting smoked meat besides pork belly um, <sighs> that I'm going to be grabbing off the grill as soon as I get down here. Um, that's just – it's the best thing going. You can't you can't beat it. I think brisket is – brisket's amazing. Burgers are good. Burgers – but burgers are more about what you put on them. That's fair. You gotta have yeah. gotta have decent meat, but then it's about who what you put on them. Of course, you gotta okay. have bacon. But um, yeah, but I go brisket one. So would you would you put pork three. belly then above brisket? Oh yeah, pork okay. belly's got pork belly. Of, if you smoke meats, that's kind of the holy grail. Okay, so pork belly, but what kind of sauce are we putting on there? Well, I'm doing today. I'm going to um, cook up about a pound and a half of uh, thick cut like applewood bacon. Chop it up. And saute up some onions and garlic. Put a little, um, put a little brown sugar in there. Money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it up good. Going after out. I, after I slice it all up, pour it over it before I serve it. Why not? You know, you can't have too much swine on swine crime. That's I like mean, a food porn. If I'm gonna be honest with you, if we got, yeah, a- yeah. <laughs> we got O line porn and we got food porn here. So, Randy. No social media for a year, the podcast account, your regular account, but or you can't grill for six months. And it has to be in the nice, nice weather. You can't just, oh, I'll do it in the winter. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Given the current 
climate, social media wise, it'd be a lot easier to give that crap up for a year mm -hmm. than not do know, any grill, not do but, any grilling. But you know, the the caveat with that is you can't put your grilling on social media. You can't um, show off to the fans. No, nah, but I live on a golf course. There's a the six okay. tee is right out there, so so someone will see it. Oh, they see smell it. it. They smell, smell it. it. They smell it for That's, sure. Yeah. It drives people crazy. Okay, I like that. So this one I did a little bit of stalking on your social media. So, would you rather have slow Wi-Fi every time the sun goes down, or every flight for the rest of your life has to be with Delta? Damn, they're both penalties. <laughs> I guess I'd go with the slow Wi-Fi. You really must not like Delta. I, I fly it too much. It's, it's the, <laughs> what's that term? Familiarity breeds contempt. I'm yeah. very familiar with Delta. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, we're not giving them any endorsements on this pod. <laughs> we got, okay. We, I mean, I'm a, I'm a diamond medallion, so it's not like I, uh, they're shorting my business. That's true. That's true. Okay, Randy, we've got a couple more left. Who's your dream guest for your podcast? My dream guest. Um, I don't know. I, as things, like I say, I'm a current events kind of guy. I'd love to get Elon Musk on. Oh, that'd be good. Elon Musk. That would be fantastic. He or Joe Rogan. Oh, uh, that was great answer. Would be fun guys. To, okay. to talk to and that would that would be you'd have to have an open-ended format yeah because it's very difficult and you know hell rogan goes for two three four hours sometimes but um those two guys to me would be pretty incredible to talk talk to well maybe we can make it happen i have confidence there you go so randy would you rather use hot sauce for eye drops or sandpaper for toilet paper Oh, uh, geez. I guess I'd, reco I'd recover from the sandpaper eventually. Eesh. I wouldn't I would put it that way. Given the choice of those two, I would not put the hot sauce in my eye. Thank you. Most yeah. people are like, well, think about the nature of what you're using. To I was like, think about how bad that hurts to have a hot sauce in your See, eyes. But if you know anything about sandpaper, they're not all double-sided. You get the one-sided sandpaper, you just flip that sucker over. And they've got the name of the company and all that on the back. But you can use that, that instead of the rough side. Cheating. Yeah. Randy, you are you're very insightful. All right. For this next question, you're in your prime. Would you rather fight Mike Tyson once or you have to talk like him the rest of your life? Wow. Wow. That's another guy I'd like to talk to on the podcast. <laughs> um, no one in their right mind would choose getting in the ring with 15 year old 20 year old 50 year old 60 year old mike tyson that is not an option so i guess i'd have to go with b okay i you're a smart man mandy you're really <laughs> smart so the last one here your birthday is coming up in the next week and a half what plans mm -hmm. do you got um i was i was getting grilled last night um speaking of grilling <laughs> by my wife um about what I want for my birthday. My kids were always all over. What do you want? And they always buy me something that's barbecue related or golf related or I, 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 I don't know. I don't need much. Uh, give me some golf balls, that type of thing. 
but uh, something golf related or something grill related is usually pretty safe. Okay. Okay. I mean, are you, I feel like you have to let someone else do the grilling on your Well, birthday, outside, right? no, 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 I don't think so. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I could just default to miss old reliable as far as what you want for dad for gifts. And that's cash is king. That's true. You know, if you, you never go wrong given just straight dead presidents for any true. celebration. It's a little extra celebration. It's like a, it's like a party, an extra balloon at a party and bringing cash. Yeah. You know, especially if they want to upgrade from the, you know, George Washington's, the Abraham Lincoln's, the Thomas Jefferson's. I mean, we can, we can start throwing some Andrew Jackson's. Oh, got to go Grant. Benji. Got to go Benji. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. Benji, Benji, the, the one that wasn't the president we'll, we'll put on there, but yeah. Randy, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. It was a pleasure. Um, before we get you out of here, where can people find you on the socials? Is there anything you want to plug? Are you selling some of the, the brisket and good meats that you're chefing up? No, no. I'm, I get a lot of people say that I should, <laughs> I should have a restaurant and do that kind of thing, which is not a bad idea, but um, no, randycross.com is a place to go to get my podcast and all that all that other fun stuff. Uh, CBS Sports and CBS Sports Network for my work these days. Um, college football um, all over the country, plus all the Navy home games, and then inside college football every Tuesday night with uh, Adam Zucker, Rick Neuheisel, Aaron Taylor, and Brian Jones. We've, we've been together for about 10, 12 years. And if you haven't seen it, check it out on Tuesday night. It's about as much fun as uh, a group of guys can have just sitting around talking football much as you can imagine yeah and you can check him on the socials because i'm gonna plug it for him he's on twitter at randy cross fb he's on instagram at rcross 51 randy we got you you're less than 1400 or 1500 followers we got to get that count up because you're posting some good-looking food on there, man. Yeah, you know, I don't. I, I'm I'm fairly ignorant on getting that up and how you do that. I'd love to have more. I just have very little patience for that process. I guess. Hey, send them his way, guys. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Make sure. <laughs> Thank so, you. Make sure that you check Randy out on all of those. Make sure you check out Randy's career as well. He's an interesting guy and interesting with never something dull in his life. But everybody who tunes into Triple Play. We appreciate you watching. Make sure you go check out some of Randy's stuff. We'll catch you guys on the next one. We're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. That was for you, Randy. Nice little food Uh reference.